This is a trigger warning. This episode will mention sexual assault. Listener discretion is advised. Hello, and welcome to Brandeis Through the Cracks, where we share survivor stories to highlight ways in which reports of sexual assault and violence on our campus are handled. Our goal is to expose what falls through the cracks in our administration's support system, what the impacts are, and what Brandeis can do to better protect its students. Before we begin our interviews, we would like to share a little bit about who we are and what this project is. We are a group of students in confronting gender-based violence in the creativity, arts, and social transformation department taught by Tony Shapiro-Fim and Camila Kono. The class explores creative approaches to address violence against people around the world solely based on their gender and gender identities. We observe how the arts can be a transformative and therapeutic outlet for survivors. You ever sought out help or resources from a Brandeis office after a case of sexual harassment or violence on campus? And if so, what was that experience like? Was it helpful and what was unhelpful? Yeah, so uh, this throughout this semester, I actually um, had to file a report uh, regarding a student um, on campus who had been um, accused of raping uh, girls across campus. Um, But I was reporting a specific incident in which um, a student had come to me uh, and asked me basically what what to do, what next steps would be because he had two friends um, who had been assaulted uh, by the student in question. Um, and he was very concerned about the behavior. He was very concerned for his friends um, because they also didn't know what resources to seek out. Um, and he basically asked, you know, what would next steps be? Should I like go to OEO? Should I go to like the, the um, area uh, coordinator of the quad? Like, what should I do? And I was like, well, I think, you know, because of the nature and like the severity of this, we should go straight to OEO because it's been my understanding that OEO is pretty much like the independent department that deals with these types of cases. So I completed a CSR, which is like a community standards report, but there's a specific one that go, that gets sent directly to OEO when it's dealing with sexual assault um, or these types of um, incidents. And so I filled that out and then, um, and then I and then OEO reached out to me um, asking to meet to discuss my report and ask some questions. And then, you know, in the email, they said the next steps would be to contact the student who I had spoken to and then obviously go on with their investigation. So I met with them, you know, pretty much, I think the next day or the day after it was like very quick. Um, So initially, you know, I was, I guess that's kind of to be expected because this is obviously something that should be dealt with immediately. But, you know, I thought that was encouraging that they immediately reached out and were, you know, trying to set up a meeting right away. So I met with Sonia Gerardo, who's the head um, of OEO. And, you know, there were like a few things that really struck me by this meeting, because I think when I, um, when the student came to speak to me, which you know, was obviously a very uh, difficult thing to do um, because, you know, he was not only in the position where like he was worried about his friends, but he was also saying 
this is somebody who's displaying behavior that's predatorial and that I think could continue to happen. Um, you know, but I was also really impressed by the way that he like, you know, he was like, I'm not, I don't want to mention anybody's names. I don't want to make this into something. I just want you to know that this is going on. What should we do about it? Um, so I thought that was like, you know, a very mature and like respectful way to go about this. There was no indication that this was a student who was, who was like, sorry, trying to like, you know, start something immediately, even though that kind of would have been warranted. But I'm only mentioning this because my interview was basically focused on placing the blame and placing not necessarily placing the brain blame, but like protecting the student who's been accused of doing these things. And so one of the first questions I was asked was like, do you think um, the student who's been accused is at risk? Are the others a threat to him? And I was like, what? You mean to say, is, is everyone else at risk? Cause this person's a threat. And, you know, and then I was, she went on to ask me things like, you know, we have to be careful not to start a hate campaign. We have to, and I was like, you know, on the one hand, I understand that there's like an administrative and like a legislative side to these things. I do. And I understand that, you know, this is obviously a very, very sensitive issue and there should be an investigation and you know innocent until proven guilty I fully like recognize all of that but the fact that we're at a university uh and we have a department dedicated to dealing with these things and she not once asked me what type of support the girls were given I told her I know specifically of two people I've heard about much more but I've heard of specifically of two people from the student who came directly to me that have been affected by this kid. And, and, you know, she's just like, not once, like, you know, I didn't, I didn't give their names because that wasn't my place. And I didn't know how comfortable they were with me sharing that type of information. But um, I said, you know, there are two people, you shouldn't need names. I'm telling you there are two people and she, there's not one mention of like, have they been connected to park? Have they gone to the BCC? Have they gone to the health center? Like nothing. So I do get that. Like, you know, from OEO's perspective, maybe they're focusing on it solely as like, what are the facts? But at the same time, like when it's a sensitive situation like this and I've come to learn since trying to follow up with this case because OEO hadn't reached out to me again um, didn't keep me updated with anything that was going on, even though um, after the first meeting, they said they would try and like connect back. Um, like, you know, I realized that you can't like when OEO starts an investigation, it becomes confidential, obviously, but there's very little opportunity. Like once it's in their hands, you can't really go to other people um, to figure out what's going on or like learn about the process. And to me, like, I understand that it's it's confidential for a reason, but at the same time, there is no way of knowing what's going on. It's been two months now. I still see the student who, who's been accused walking around campus, right? So I don't think anything's happened to him. In the meantime, because of my position um, as a CA, I know that this is a student who's been in trouble for like, like the, you know, not that it should matter, but this was not an isolated incident, right? Like this is like kind of a rampant issue. 
And there's no way of us knowing what OEO is doing, right? As someone who's reported it, um, like, and somebody, you know, like the student who came to me who has anxiety about what's going on with the investigation, there's no communication. Um, and I just think, I don't know, I found my interview with them very problematic. Like, you know, it also, as a girl on this campus, to know that the people who are literally like in charge of handling Title IX and sexual assault and all these things, the fact that there was not one question about how the girls were doing and if they needed support, like that should be the first thing you ask. And then that like the whole interview or like questioning or whatever that was, was like done through the lens of like, is this kid going to be at risk? Is there gonna be like a fight? Like, did the other student who come to you seem like aggressive? Like when he, you know, when he was talking about the other one, I was like, what are you, like, what are you asking right now? Like, that's not like, we're talking about people who, who are saying this person has raped them. Like, I don't care if a hate campaign is started. I don't care if he feels threatened, like as he should, he's made and physically threatened people. Like, anyways, I could go on about it just because I also like have, you know, I've, I've been trying for the past two months to like find out more information because as the past two months have gone on since reporting it, I've also heard like more and more about this student and more and more concerning things. And I've reported more things and I've gone to my supervisor about more, more things. And that's the other thing is that like, I've gone to other people and there are people who, you know, I think understand and, and, and also share the same concerns, but because it's with OEO and it's been with OEO for so long and nobody knows what OEO is doing, like they can't start another investigation or do things on their own. Um, and so I don't know, like if we're ever ultimately going to know what OEO is doing, maybe there are rules that I'm not aware of that prevent us from having any like Intel, that's fine. But at the end of the day, like, you know, she kept asking me, you know, is there, is there proof? Like, is there, we have to put together a timeline, this and that. I understand that. Um, but there comes a point where when there's multiple girls accusing someone, you have to just start believing the girls. I don't know when it comes to proof, like, I don't know what you want. You want like a picture or a bit like what, I don't, I don't understand what you want as proof. Like this is something where there's been numerous people. And I know last semester there was um, a report out of a similar nature. So like, you know, there comes a point where you just start believing girls saying they've been assaulted um, and something gets done about it. So yeah, I don't know. I think for me, it was just like a really frustrating experience and also really affected my uh, esteem in this university's ability to handle things like this. Um, I think coming into Brandeis, I don't know, I was very like, oh, Brandeis, like social justice school, liberal arts, like pretty liberal, pretty progressive, like, but you know, you get involved more in like the inner workings of the administration and it gets like pretty upsetting at times because this is like, you know, it's a very hard issue, but at the same time, I think it's pretty clear what has to be done. Um, because like, just this student has been a problem for the whole year. Like there's no, like, like there's pages of violations. Like I don't understand what 
why there are kids who are getting kicked off campus for being found with an extra person in their room, like having three people instead of two in their room. And then we have somebody who's being accused of this and they're still like walking around campus. Like, it's just really frustrating. But yes, that, that would be my response to that. That was wonderful, yes. Thank you so much for sharing your story. And you definitely talked about like what the office OEO could have done differently to better support like the girls in this situation. And I'm just wondering what can Brandeis as a whole do to better support survivors? Like, what's your opinion on that? Well, I think that, um, you know, well, that's kind of what, you know, the other element of this that I find really problematic is I think that, you know, um, there are people who, who are affected by things like this and, and find support in other areas. Um, but part of having OEO as like the, the sole responder to actually doing something about the, the, these incidents and investigating them and then handling them in this way, I think completely is like really harmful because it like shatters the confidence of people who, who like muster up the the courage and like the bravery to go forward and actually say these things on such a small campus especially when they're feeling threat they're feeling threatened okay <laughs> by um by by somebody who's still walking around campus to then go and be met with like no real like compassionate acknowledgement i think you know in like a social and political climate where we're we're trying to encourage women and girls to speak up more and, and, you know, like band together over these things and find support. Like ultimately this university has not, I don't think has provided like a healthy environment from, for that, because outside of my experience, I've also heard of other people's experiences with OEO where they went once and then they just decided not to continue because their initial meeting was that type of like thing. And I also think that when people are put in, you know, situations where they're left feeling completely like taken advantage of um, and isolated, it's, you know, I think there has to be more like, I don't know how to say, but I, I just think there needs to be more welcoming, I guess, opportunities to, to get support. And I think, you know, like Park is a really great one um, I think, unfortunately, a lot of people don't know that much about the different opportunities on campus. I think they should be advertised more. I think they should be, you know, sort of promoted more. Um, and I think in general, like, I don't know, from my experience with OEO, I also think that maybe some changes should be made to their personnel, because I'm sorry, you cannot, I don't like really care if you're a lawyer or whatever background you have, or you're just a cold person. When you're dealing with things like this, you need to be able to at least try and show a little bit of like warmth and compassion towards people. It's not hard and it does make a big difference. Like if you, I can't, I'm also like in no position to say this because I, I didn't go with a personal experience, but going like as a second hand whatever even that was like difficult because I was like you, you know we're still involved in it yes no yeah no, but it's not even valid. it's not even for me personally it's that I was trying to speak for people 
like who couldn't directly go. They didn't want to go directly because they didn't yet feel comfortable. So I went and I was like, can you imagine if like with their fear, they went and they were asked these types of questions or maybe it would have been different. Maybe because they were the ones going, there would have been more compassion and the conversation would have taken a different road. But at the same time, like I just found it really unacceptable. And I think that Brandeis, first of all, it needs to talk about these things more. It needs to, I think, promote groups like Park um, more. And um, I don't know, maybe look into finding a different staff for OEO. That would be a recommendation. I, yes, everything you said. <laughs> well, thank you so much for sharing all of that. Do you have anything else you would like to say? No, I think I think that's about it. Yeah, sorry. No, that is, yeah, no, that was wonderful. Like, I so agree with everything you said, which is why we're trying to do this podcast in the first place. Like, hearing all these stories of people's like experiences and how we're like we're kind of pulling this like falling through the cracks and how people's stories really do just like fall through the cracks. And like you said, there's like so much that can be done and. They do need to do a better job of promoting. I 100% agree with the resources. If they're going to provide these resources, and they talk about them a lot in Brandeis, and I think also what you said about like showing a range of emotions, even for the meeting, I think that could be a lot more helpful. If like yes. somebody did come forward with their own personal story, people who have been sexually assaulted often experience a range of emotions and like no two staffers of assault will feel exactly the same way about their experiments. I also don't know, like, you know, I don't know whether they have, like, you know, trained professionals who who have dealt with people who've, uh, you know, had to deal with sexual assault or rape. But, like, if you're going to have someone who's just a lawyer by the book I feel like maybe next to them you can have somebody who's more in tune with the person who's telling their story and the person who's sharing their emotions because I think I just think that's a really uncomfortable environment to put someone in and like I get it you know I guess if you go to the police right you might not have that but that's kind of why at a university people should feel more inclined to go to OEO than to go straight to the police, um, which is something these girls were even considering because they didn't feel like OEO was going to do anything. So that's like not, like you should be able to go to your university and feel confidence in the fact that they're going to support you on this campus. And if you're going to be met by somebody who doesn't really show any compassion, maybe you can have a a trained professional Um, We do have counselors in the BCC who I'm sure are trained dealing with things like this. If there could be some sort of merging of the two, maybe to make it a more comfortable and open environment for people to come and talk. I think that could be a great thing. I think there are a lot of solutions here. I just think that there's a very regimented establishment of how these systems work and OEO is OEO. And I think that should change because I think it's filled a lot of people. um, And yeah, that's the last thing I'll say. (laughs) No, I totally agree. Everything you said. Um, Yes, I will stop recording now. Thank you so much for listening to our fourth episode. As always, you are heard, you are seen, and we are Brandeis Through the Cracks.